I do want to give a lot of credit um, to our guys in the sound booth. So, it, if you didn't know, so, okay, so there's guys who built the sound booth, right? So, guys like Miguel, Les, Brent, uh, William. Uh, did I miss anybody else? My son Cohen helped a little bit. Um, they built, built the sound booth, and then, and I had said, I want to have it ready for today, okay? Well, we were last week, you know, and we weren't quite there yet. It wasn't, nothing had even been moved in there last week. Um, and, uh, and especially Kim and Brian have spent an inordinate amount of hours moving and resetting up the equipment and making sure everything is working correctly again um, in the last week, week's time frame. So Kim and Brian, I just really want to express my gratitude to the very hard work that you did uh, this past week, especially um, to get this all set up and running again for today, um, to make it really seamless for today. And it's not just for us, but also because they live stream as well. Um, so... They did a lot of work. They didn't get paid for their time. They just came in like every evening and w was here working. Um, and so I really appreciate that. Uh, they, are, they are doing the work in the community, and, and as are those who helped build the sound booth as well. Um, so really thankful for that. Today, uh, as our anniversary celebration, um, we're going to share with you some history today. Uh, about remnant of Israel. And, um, you know, we've been calling this the 25th anniversary, but we could also call it the 35th anniversary, and I'll, you'll, you'll understand why in a little bit. But as, as part of the anniversary, I want, I want to take you back to those who started remnant of Israel, Okay. And uh, it's a very special couple, Dennis and Annette Hedke. Uh, Annette has passed on. She is with the Lord now. Um, Dennis is still, still well, um, not here this morning with us, but I do have some words directly from Dennis. He sent me an email yesterday that I'm going to read to you um, to share with you from Dennis. Um, <clears throat> and... One of the things that I think is really important for you to understand is that from the very beginning, Remnant of Israel has been a congregation of both Jews and Gentiles, or Jews and non-Jews. Um, Dennis and Annette were a blended marriage in that way, okay? Um, as were the two other couples that helped start Remnant of Israel. They were all three blended couples of Jews and non-Jews. And, and from the very beginning, we've been that way. So, you know, when we sing the song like Jew and Gentile, one in Messiah, one in Yeshua, the, this has been true of Remnant of Israel, and it's been part of our vision, part of our calling from the very beginning. And that's really important for us to understand. You know, because one, one of the most frequent questions I get, somebody calls here, or a first-time visitor, and they're like, is it okay if I come? I'm not Jewish. Yes, it's okay. 
We are a congregation of Jews and, and Gentiles, and that's how God wants us to be. We are one new man in Messiah, right? And so that's, that is critical to our identity as a congregation. So we'll share more about that later. But I want to start now. I'm going to invite Lisa up, and she's going to share with you a testimony from Annette Hedkey. Okay, so the late Annette Hedkey. Um, this is her testimony as a Jew coming to know Messiah that she's going to share with you this morning. And this is important, again, because Annette was... Annette and her husband were the ones who had the vision to begin this congregation. And so I want you to hear where that vision started today. All right, before I just dive right in and read this testimony, I wanted to share with you something that I read just this last week or two uh, that said the author was telling us why it's important to keep the Lord's commandments, his statutes, and his testimonies, and how those three are different. And he said, to keep the Lord's commandments teaches you how to live. To keep the Lord's statutes teaches you how to think. And to keep the Lord's testimonies helps you know what to expect. And so we have testimony from Scripture, but we also have testimonies from each one of you, what God has done in your life. And so it's important that as I read a testimony, that it helps build in you faith of what God is doing, what he can does, and what he is faithful to continue doing. You have made known to me the path of life. You fill me with joy in your presence. Psalm 1611. This is the story of how the Lord intervened and put me on his path of life. It is also the story of how he invited me into his presence, a place where there is no greater joy. Annette Beam Hedke. I am Jewish. I am the daughter of a wonderful Jewish parents who moved from New York City to Miami, Florida, where I was born in 1954. I was brought up with the utmost love under the banner of two parents that not only loved me, but also loved and respected each other. There is no greater blessing in a child's life than to see their parents express love for each other. And so it was for me. Our faith, Judaism, played a traditional part in our family life. We went to synagogue on the high holy days. My brother was a bar mitzvah. We had the traditional Passover seders, but these times of religious observances seemed to be merely stories, not reality. God was thought of as an awesome being far up there who was not personally known. When I was 11 years old, my mother went into a coma following a long illness. I prayed to the God I knew, I thought, if there was a God, then he must be everywhere and all-powerful. Surely it would be a simple task for him to heal her. Three days later, my mother died. In my little logical mind, I concluded that there must not be any God. For if there was, my mother would have been healed. It was at this point I became agnostic. I could not call myself an atheist because I could not prove that there was no God. I could only assume he didn't exist. A year later, my father remarried, and I was blessed with another wonderful mom. Again, I was witness to another loving marriage about which I could say, if my marriage is half as good as theirs is, it will be a great marriage too. I never thought of her as my stepmom because she loved me as her own. I had no lack of family love in my life, yet I still felt a void deep in my inner being that could not be filled. 
Throughout my school career, I was a math science major. I could explain away the existence of God with math and science. Now it is that very knowledge that adds further proof to my faith in him. In my first class at a community college in Miami, I met someone who called himself a Christian. He was different. He really believed in God. He needed God. And I felt sorry for him, thinking he was weak and dependent on a non-existent being. We had many intellectual discussions in which I asked him several challenging questions about his faith. His answers were thought-provoking and gained my respect for him, but not my faith in his God. He gave me my first full Bible in which he had written many Old Testament prophecy references and the New Testament passages that fulfilled these prophecies. I never read it, but I did take it with me when I left to go to the University of Florida. Away at school, something began to stir within me. I had to know the truth. Was there a God? Was Jesus who he said he was? Many approached me on campus, all claiming they had the truth, and everyone else did not. The Hare Krishnas came up to me in their orange robes, telling me of their Eastern religious philosophies. The Christians from Campus Crusade for Christ found me and told me of the things in the New Testament. The rabbi from the Hillel house called, inviting me to a Sunday morning bagel brunch. They all con contradicted each other, claiming they alone had the truth and the others were wrong. Who was I to believe? I cannot believe any of them. If there was a God, and if he really spoke to Abraham, then surely he could speak to me. Surely he could reveal himself. And so one day, while alone, I said, God, if you are real and you did speak to Abraham, then please speak to me. Show me if you are real and if Jesus is who he said he is. Show me if he is the Messiah. I had heard that this Jesus, when he was on the cross, prayed for the very people that were murdering him saying, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. How could he do that? At, what at that time, I couldn't even pray for the Nazis who had killed the Jewish people. What kind of man is he? And if you do exist, then I have not been as perfect as you are, so please forgive me. I began to read the scriptures for the first time in my life, and immediately God began to speak to me through his written word. I began to pray, believing that he was the Messiah. God came down to earth to provide the final and perfect atonement for me, arisen from the dead. My prayers were being miraculously answered. My roommates thought I had ESP. I said, no, I just prayed, believing, and God answered my prayers. I began to share the excitement of my new faith with my parents, not really realizing that they would misinterpret what has occurred in me. They said, Maybe I needed a psychiatrist, or at least go talk to the Orthodox rabbi. They loved me, and they were only concerned about me. I understand this, but when the people closest to you who love you the most tell you things like this, you begin to wonder about your faith experience. For the following six months, I prayed this prayer. God, please give me the faith to have faith in you, for you are the source of that faith. And please give me the love to love you, for I know I do not have enough love of my own to love you as you should be loved. You alone are the source of the love with which I need to love you. And then one night, I had a dream. I dreamed that I was out in the desert in Israel, and there was nothing there but a two-story building made out of stone and the buildings in the old Jerusalem. And there was sand and the fiery orange sun off in the distance, low in the sky. 
I was on the roof, and I saw the Lord face to face, his eyes looking into mine and mine into his. And he was at the level of the roof, but he was not on the roof, as if walking on the air some small distance away. He said, now that you see me and you know that I am real, I want you to give me your life. I began walking towards him until I reached the edge of the building and then began walking beyond the edge with my eyes on him only. I did not fall, but I floated as if someone was gently placing me down. At this time, I had not yet read the story of Peter walking on the water toward the Lord, but that was how this was for me. As long as my eyes were on the Lord and my trust was in him, I did not fall. As I was being let down, a small space filled with light as if the bright orange sun filled all the volume around me. Also, I had not yet read about Saul, on the Paul, Saul or Paul on the road to Damascus when he saw the bright light and heard the voice of the Lord. This is how the light seemed to me. Then God said that I had passed the test of faith. I woke up the next morning thinking about my dream. For some reason, it reminded me of the faith of Abraham. I had attended Jewish Sunday school when I was young, and I knew the story of Abraham and Isaac. I knew well how Abraham had to wait until he was 100 years old to have his son Isaac, and then God told Abraham to sacrifice Isaac. Abraham's faith and his trust in God were so great that he was obedient. But then God provided the ram for sacrifice instead of Isaac. It was a test of Abraham's faith, which he more than passed. I thought about Abraham and his faith all day. And then that night, the night just after the night of my dream, I felt the need to read my Bible. Where should I read? The Bible was so big. Where do I begin? In a big trunk that I had at school, I found a book someone had given me, My Utmost for His Highest, by Oswald Chambers. It was a daily devotional that had one scripture on the top of each page, one for each day of the year. It was April 26th. The scripture chosen for that date was Genesis 22, 2. Take now thy son and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell you of. The devotion spoke about the faith of Abraham, the very thing that had been on my mind and heart all day. At the very moment I had read the scripture, the Holy Spirit flooded me. I physically felt the filling, like electricity from the top of my head to the tips of my fingers and toes. Being presently enrolled in the mathematics major in college, I knew the chances of this occurring together was beyond coincidence. Mathematically, the probability would be calculated by multiplying 365, the days of the year, by the number of sentences in the Bible, around 75,000, by the chances of having a dream and thinking about the faith in Abraham, one out of that large number. That night, I was filled with an unwavering faith and a love for God, which is with me to this day. I then set forth to read the Bible from cover to cover, Genesis to Revelation. Most of my beginning days as a believer were spent alone, just me, God, and his word. I was not comfortable entering a church, except for the loving home of a Jewish believer, Henry Apello, and his wife, Jane, and their ministry reaching to the Jewish people. There would be nowhere else except the historical parts of the Bible. I'm sorry, there would be nowhere else that I would join in learning about God's word or fellowshipping with his people. I was able to accept the historical parts of the Bible, especially in the Old Testament. When I came to the part in the New Testament that spoke about God giving miraculous gifts to us, I began to argue, discuss with him. I was speaking out loud saying, this could not be. I don't believe this. 
As I was speaking, my words changed to another language. It sounded Hebrew to me. When this occurred, I was in the quiet of my room in, another apart- in my apartment. No emotionalism, just me, God, and the Bible. I had never studied Hebrew. I felt compelled to call the rabbi at the Hillel house on campus. I did not tell him my whole story. I simply said that I had been given some words, and I thought they might be Hebrew. I asked him if he spoke Hebrew. He did, and he told me the translation of my words was, Do you have faith? Do you believe? Once again, the Lord answered my first prayer to him, If you are real, and if you spoke those words to Abraham, please speak to me. He spoke Hebrew to me, through me, using the words from my own mouth. He confirmed to me that the Bible is his word, his perfect and complete revelation of himself to man. He continues to speak to me in many ways. For now, I will leave this as part one of my testimony to his bringing me onto his path and into his presence. Annette Hedke. I'm going to share with you now from a letter from Dennis Hedke. Um, this is dated on the 3rd of December, so just six days ago. I first became acquainted with Annette during the summer of 1980 after services at the Key Biscayne, Florida Presbyterian Church. I had been invited to attend there by my friend in medical school at the University of Miami whom I had met at the University of Virginia, where I was studying to obtain my master's degree from the School of Engineering and Applied Science. I finished that in 1979, moved to Miami to take a job working for a company that engaged in oil and gas exploration and development in different parts of the world, including in southwest Kansas. Annette had accepted Yeshua as her Messiah, which you just heard, years before I met her at Key Biscayne. Once we met, it became obvious that we would soon be inseparable. We were married then in August 1st, 1981. We moved to Wichita in April 1982. She took a job at Cape and Mount Carmel as an upper school math teacher. I took a job as an exploration geologist and geophysicist at a small independent drilling and exploration company. Soon after we arrived in Wichita, we found Central Christian Church and it became our new opportunity to learn more about Adonai's kingdom. We became involved in the Young Marrieds class, led by an older couple, Sheridan and Marjorie Mordridge. Marjorie also had a radio program called Reach Out, and she invited Annette to share her testimony on her weekly program. Also in that class were another couple with Jewish Christian roots, Steve and Jeanette Granstein. They were aware of other such couples, and we found a way to connect like-minded folks, and we held a meeting of the original Minion in our home. Adonai then connected us to Chosen People Ministries to arrange a formal invitation event to be held at the home of Sheridan and Marjorie. Sometimes, sometime, I believe, it was in the fall of 1988. That prompted us to create a name, Remnant of Israel. So 1988, so that's 35 years, if you're counting there. That meeting cemented in our hearts and minds that it was time to reach out to the broader community in the Wichita region with a prayed-upon focus to reach the unsaved Jewish people in the region. 
Central Christian Church supported this unique opportunity to issue a new outreach that was, of course, biblically based, looking back to the earliest days of Messiah's ministry and outreach. That outreach expanded, and my role as a part-time minister slash consulting geophysicist caused us to seek additional support and a more well-defined structure. We had included a praise and worship element into the background, initially with a husband-wife duo named Godsent, who later handed off that responsibility to another husband-and-wife team, which became the artist you may know as Zimmer Lavav. My recollection is that we wanted to define a more official role associated with Central Christian Church, which included the creation of a board of shamashim, similar to deacons as defined in 1 Timothy 3.3. That group consisted of myself and Annette, Ron and Brenda Vegg, and Chuck and Sally Roach. This board would be connected to and compatible with Central Christian Church. Our linkage with Central Christian Church would be through the humble servant named Dr. Al Gregg. Dr. Gregg and I had served together on the Board of Elders at Central Christian Church for some number of years. He was also a member of the official staff of Central Christian Church, and we greatly appreciated his guidance and wisdom in our outlook for the future. The timing of this action was around 1997, or nine years after we initiated Remnant of Israel as a ministry. God sent, whose names were Pam and Wayne Carnahan, had been traveling and made us aware of a couple in Lincoln, Nebraska, who were involved in a ministry there. We had been interviewing many individuals and couples who had become aware of a possible opening for leadership of our gradually expanding organization. After a significant process of vetting candidates, we invited Richard and Terry Siegel from Lincoln, Nebraska, to come to Wichita to introduce them to Remnant of Israel. The leadership of Remnant of Israel decided to offer a call to the Seagulls, and they accepted the call, and my recollection is that they arrived in Wichita sometime in 1998, and that's the 25 years there since we became transitioned there. We We began transitioning leadership of the overall ministry at that time. I, Dennis, had become more involved with an entity in Houston, Texas that had exploration and production interests in the United States as well as abroad. This involvement became more substantial, and I was offered a three-year contract to become a vice president and exploration manager in that company, and after much prayer and introspection, I accepted around June 1999. We then prepared a move and arrived in August 1999 in the Houston area, more specifically Katy, Texas. And there, Otto and I led us to a new worship center, Kingsland Baptist Church. Annette was the first Messianic Jew that had become known to that congregation, and it brought a new level of appreciation of the Levitical feasts, and she, with a team of eager assistants, arranged their first ever Passover Seder with hundreds of in attendance. It was a very sweet time indeed, and we became close to many there, especially Annette did in the women's ministry. To this day, I maintain contact to some who are involved in that enclave. Many significant challenges had arisen in the company that I had joined upon our move, and suffice it to say, after rising, after rising to become president and CEO, the Lord then drew me back to Wichita in the fall of 2003, and Annette soon followed upon the graduation of our son Jacob from high school in spring 2004. 
I had been attending Shabbat services at Remnant of Israel back in Wichita prior to her return, and we then began the reunification with Remnant of Israel upon her return. And by that time, Remnant of Israel had advanced to include a board of elders, and I became a member of that reconstituted board around 2006. My recollection is that the board at that time consisted of Richard Siegel, John Wigginton, David Ehrenstein, Gary Swearingen, Hubie Shorb, and myself. And he adds here, disagreements among the leadership of remnant of Israel arose, and we attempted to resolve the issues to no avail, and that's all I'm prepared to say at this time, remaining in his service, Dennis. And what I want to add to that, what Dennis said there, so I don't want to, you know, we're, we're here to celebrate, but I also don't want to whitewash and say that we're a congregation that has never been through struggles as a congregation, never been through conflict in a congregation. And what Dennis pointed out there at the end of his letter is that, yes, there have been uh, struggles, there have been conflicts, and in fact, remnant of Israel in our 25 or 35-year history, however you want to count the beginning, um, has actually been through two splits um, in the congregation. And, and we're not going to rehash what has happened, but we're, we're here to look forward, okay, into what God is doing. But at the same time, we want to look backwards, as we have done just now with Dennis and Annette, and we're going to do with Richard and Terry Siegel as well, and we're going to say, we love you, right, to them. We want to honor them and what God did through them, right, because we stand on their shoulders. What we are doing here today was started by them, or through them, by God, right? We didn't, I didn't start this, and you didn't start this. Okay, Lucy's here, right? Oh, she's upstairs, actually. Lucy's upstairs. She kind of helped start. She's been around at least as long as anybody else, probably since about 1998 or so. Um, but everything that we have, what we have here, we, again, we are standing on the shoulders of others who began this ministry, or the Lord began this ministry through them. And so I want to honor them. I want to honor Dennis and Annette Hedke, and I want to honor Richard and Terry Siegel as well. We're going to hear from them next, and I, and I just want to, I'm, I'm highlighting their stories to you today because I want you to honor them as well. I want you to love them and love them for what the Lord did through their ministry and their life and their dedication because they poured out their hearts, they poured out their lives for us to see this happen now today us being here, not just being here, but collectively ministering through the community as well. So I'm going to ask the sound team if you guys can cue the video from Richard and Terry Siegel now at this time. Welcome, members of uh, Remnant of Israel. You are our uh, family, have always been our family. Uh, I am Terry Siegel. And I am Richard Siegel. And uh, Philip asked that we give you a little bit of a rundown on the history of Remnant of Israel. Uh, since I was the historian, the first historian, I will um, tell you a little bit about it, and then I'll let Richard speak. But um, oh, thank you. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, Richard and I moved from uh, Nebraska down to the Wichita area in 1996. At that time, Remnant of Israel was just a Bible study in the home of Annette and Dennis Hedke, uh, and they met only once a month. When we moved down, we um, met a lady that um, lived in Wichita 
that we previously had met up in Omaha, Nebraska, where we had started a congregation in Omaha. And uh, she introduced us to the Hedkeys, and we became immediate friends after going to um, uh, a Bible study and enjoyed it very much. So uh, Dennis and um, Annette asked us if we would like to help co-lead uh, Remnant of Israel and start meeting instead of just once a month, meeting twice a month. So Dennis would teach one week and then Richard would teach the other week. We did that for many months until um, Richard and I were called back to Nebraska. We hadn't sold our home there and so we had to go back. And for two years, uh, Dennis and Richard kept up the meeting twice a month. Richard would still, we would come down once a, uh, a month, at least once a month, and uh, teach. And then Richard and then Dennis would teach the other week in that month. While we uh, were driving down, Richard would be driving and I would be cutting and pasting together a uh, siddur because we were not aware of any siddurs that were uh, out there. Uh, because Messianic was still relatively new. Uh, to the congregation um, area, uh, except in the East Coast, they had um, more influence with Messianic. Uh, but we didn't have very many Messianic songwriters, and so uh, there were a few, and so we would make this sidur along with the, the, some of the songs we were familiar with, uh, liturgy that Richard was familiar with growing up uh, in Jewish synagogues throughout the East Coast, and uh, we would insert Yeshua into those, uh, especially during the Feast of the Lord. And we put together a, a siddur that was about 15 or 20 pages uh, that we would use every Shabbat that we met uh, uh, twice a month. And we did that for, um, like I said, a couple of years, uh, two years. And then... Um, Annette and Dennis, uh, the people were getting more and more people were attending the Bible study and they thought that we should uh, actually have a formal congregation. So uh, they asked Richard and I to come down, Richard as the rabbi and me as the Rebetzin, and uh, be the first uh, rabbi and Rebetzin of Remnant. So in um, November uh, 15th, 1998, Richard and I moved from Lincoln, Nebraska, down to uh, Wichita. And we officially, on the 20th of November of 1998, had our first official um, Remnant of Israel congregational meeting and uh, service, Shabbat service. And we decided that we would be a weekly uh, Shabbat uh, meeting and we would also include things like Torah study on Saturdays and then uh, participate in a lot of other things. So um, that began in November of 1998. Um, during that time, we were meeting in uh, smaller uh, facilities, but finally we moved into Central Christian Church, which is where the head keys went on a regular basis. And uh, they allowed us to have a room uh, to meet for our Shabbat services and then for larger participation things like Passover, which we would uh, hold up to uh, Passover, uh, holding up to 500 people at a time. And so um, that's how the congregation uh, began. 
uh, after a couple of years and growing and having um, uh, 75 or so folks coming on a regular basis, uh, Central Christian Church thought that we should be out on our own and establish our own identity instead of being a um, subsidiary, so to speak, or uh, um, ministry of Central Christian Church. And so we moved into another church building. And uh, as Remnant grew and grew and grew, um, we did more outreaches. Uh, Richard and I taught Hebrew classes to many of the um, um, Methodist and Lutheran uh, pastors in the area. We also uh, helped other smaller congregations uh, become more stable and, or get started. And um, most of the congregations uh, in the Wichita area uh, had, uh, we had a hand in assisting or uh, starting or sending off folks from our congregation uh, to start um, uh, other congregations. So Remnant was very active uh, in the uh, community, which I understand you are still very active uh, in the community, doing community outreaches and different th things like Passover. Uh, we also um, uh, ended up in 2008 uh, of, uh, through a miracle of God and a mutual uh, pastor friend of ours uh, getting into the current building that you are in on Pawnee Street. And uh, we purchased that building uh, with very few resources, but as I said, it was a gift of God. And so um, uh, that was in 2008. Our remnant continued to grow uh, to a, a over 100 people, and we continued to do many outreach uh, things within the community. And um, uh, we just love Remnant very much. Um, we were, uh, our daughter called us down here to the El Paso area to help her. And uh, so we moved down here in 2015 after 16 and a half years of being the leaders of Remnant. And um, uh, I believe that the only um, uh, original um, uh, residents or, or members of Remnant. Uh, many of them have gone to be with the Lord. Uh, others have moved to other places. Uh, but I think that Lucy Mayan is the, uh, we'd call her the oldest member, followed by the Ratzliffs and uh, then Philip Snell. And so um, uh, the rest of you have come uh, either towards the end of our, our time there or uh, currently under John's um, uh, leadership and uh, or Phillips uh, now. So anyway, um, that is a brief history of uh, Remnant and now I'll turn it over to Richard. Shalom, it's, it's such a pleasure to be able to uh, talk with you at this time. Um, due to health concerns and, and problems, um, I wasn't able to come up there and to be able to talk to you uh, face to face, um, but this is, a nice way of doing it also. Um, it's a, a blessing to be able to uh, encourage you uh, to continue to worship and to lift up the name of Yeshua and to be able to uh, minister to the Wichita area um, and to help um, 
other people who are wondering about the Jewish roots of their faith. And I'm, I'm thankful that uh, Reverend is able to do that. I, I'm thankful that uh, Philip and Lisa are, are leading uh, the congregation. Uh, they are fantastic people. They have tremendous faith and knowledge about the Lord. And uh, their family is so strong and wonderful as well. And so you're very fortunate to have them as leaders. And I just ask uh, the Lord to bless you and to have many, many years um, uh, together uh, as remnant of Israel. Uh, you, uh, I say you're fortunate because when we came down here, we thought there was a congregation down here, uh, but it's not. it was not for us at this time. Nothing like uh, remnant. Nothing, yeah. It, it, remnant spoiled us. Um, it, it's hard to find uh, other congregations like Remnant. And um, so I just con continue to pray for you that uh, the Lord will continue to, to show his blessings upon you and put his hand on you uh, and uh, keep, uh, keep you safe. And uh, just uh, his love will, will shine through you. So uh, it's, like I said, it's a blessing. Um, and so this is our uh, blessings upon you from the Lord. Um, and as you know, the ironic benediction um, in Numbers um, chapter 6, it says, Again, uh, Adonai spoke to Moshe, saying, Speak to, uh, to Aaron and to his sons. Um, thus uh, you are to, be, uh, to bless um, the children of Israel by saying uh, to them, Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai turn his face towards you and grant you peace, grant you shalom. So this is my uh, blessing towards you. And I just, I just uh, very, very thankful that Remnant is still there. And, uh, and, and I just pray for many more years. Um, just greet each other and continue to uh, pray for Remnant to Israel. And at this time also, pray for Israel. Um, they're going through a real difficult time. And I just ask you, Father, uh, to be able to have, uh, to continue to pray for them. Also, uh, we need to pray for the Jewish people uh, throughout the world right now uh, because there's so much anti-Semitism. So pray for them. Um, be, be an outreach to Jews, uh, to the Jew first and then to the uh, um, Gentiles. And so far, um, again, we love you. And we pray on, and we... Uh, Ask the Father for... Yeah, blessings upon you. Yes. Shalom now. Shalom and have a wonderful celebration, 25th anniversary yeah. celebration. And uh, just know that you are in our thoughts and prayers. And that uh, we wish you many, 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 many more years, many generations more of uh, sharing not only the gospel of the Lord, um, but also the uh, um, God's appointed times to uh, those in Wichita and surrounding communities. Yeah. Happy Hanukkah. Yes, happy Hanukkah also. Yeah. Yes. 
Yes. All right. Blessings. Blessing. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Amen. I'm sure for some of you here who have not seen Richard and Terry for several years, uh, that was a blessing just to see them. Some of you have never met them in person, unfortunately. I would have loved to have had them come here. Again, as Richard stated, though, his health wouldn't allow them to travel up here. Um, so you could pray for him and, and his health um, overall, that, uh, uh, that, that the Lord would heal him. Um, so they, again, they retired down to El Paso in about 2015, and John and Annette um, were called here to Remnant of Israel. And I'm going to invite Annette to uh, come up here and share for a few minutes about the, the calling and the vision that the Lord, you can come on down, Annette, the, the calling and the vision that the Lord put upon them um, at that time, and uh, what they felt the Lord was, was calling in them to do and calling for this congregation. So, Annette, would you please share more with us? Hello, it's great. Great to, great to be here. Is it on? Y'all didn't turn this on? Hello? Um, Philip asked me to share a little bit about um, our ministry here at Remnant um, and what we were thinking, you know, when we were uh, driving here to Kansas. And um, what I'm going to do is uh, to touch upon some of the topics that John taught about because I think that can best explain his heart and my heart as well. Um, and of course, it's not going to be all-inclusive. Um, I could write books. <laughs> so this is just a, a brief summary of how much he loved you to equip you to, um, to be able to go out and do the work of the gospel. So I may be reading part, most of this. <laughs> so please excuse me. Um, John and I came to Remnant by way of Zimbabwe. We were working with Jonathan Burness of Messianic Jewish Voice Ministries International to train up young congregational leaders among the Lemba tribe to lead Messianic Jewish congregations in Zimbabwe. When we came back to the U.S., John received a telephone call from Jonathan Burness, uh, during which Jonathan gave John a list of three Messianic congregations who needed a senior rabbi, Messianic rabbi, that is. John called Remnant of Israel Congregation, which was the first one on the list. The rest is history. John and I came to Kansas. On the way to Kansas, I had a mind's eye vision of a wooden wagon wheel. The center caught on fire and the fire continued to the spokes and the wheel frame, but the wood was not consumed by the fire. I saw the fire radiate outward as straight lines from the spokes of the wheel. I thought immediately of remnant of Israel. We were on the way here. And um, basically remnant of Israel was the center of the wheel. 
and the flames of the Holy Spirit were radiating out through Kansas, the U.S., and the outermost parts of the earth. As many will say here, Wichita is basically the center of the U.S., and many think it's the center of the world. <laughs> so it makes sense. You know, the flames of the Holy Spirit were radiating out from remnant of Israel. The heart of a man plans his course, but Adonai directs his steps. John was first directed when we came here to establish the foundation of our faith at remnant of Israel. God is a Kad, a triunity of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yeshua, Jesus, is indeed our Messiah. Romans 3.23 states, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. John 3.16 And then for sin's payment is death, but God's gracious gift is eternal life in Messiah Yeshua our Lord. Romans 6.23 Yeshua is divine. He chose to die for us. He is our rock. We stand on this rock. If we stand on sand, we will fall and shift with the sand in every direction. The Holy Spirit is alive and active today as in the days of the disciples. 1 Corinthians 12 states the gifts of the Spirit are word of wisdom, word of knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, different kinds of tongues. But the fruit of the Ruach is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. Galatians 5, 23. The Holy Spirit helps us to be bold in witnessing to others. Yeshua's command to us, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, immersing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Ruach HaKodesh teaching them to observe all I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Matthew 28, 19 through 20. The outcry of our hearts and our calling is that all people shall be saved. For I am not ashamed of the good news, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who trusts, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. In it, the righteousness of God is revealed from trust to trust. As it is written, but the righteous shall live by amuna, and that means faith, trusting faith. Read Romans 9, 10, and 11 when you have a chance. I'm not able to say a whole lot about that, but that is a core core um, topic of John's um, preaching. Remnant of Israel is a Messianic Jewish congregation made up of both Jews and non-Jews. We believe that Yeshua, our Messiah, has come and will return. We believe that no one has to give up his or her Jewish identity to believe in Yeshua. Yeshua is Jewish. The members of our congregation celebrate biblical feast days, follow Torah to the best of our ability, adhere to biblical food laws. Romans 10.19 quotes Deuteronomy 32.21, 
which says, I will provoke you to jealousy by those who are not a nation. With a nation empty of understanding, I will vex you. Romans 11:25 says, For I do not want you, brothers and sisters, to be ignorant of this mystery, lest you be wise in your own eyes, that a partial hardening has come upon Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And in this way, all Israel will be saved, as it is written, the deliverer shall come out of Zion. He shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. And this is my covenant with them when I take away their sins. My husband, John, taught that the fullness of the Gentiles was not a number or quantity, but that it meant the Gentiles will attain such a high spiritual quality and character that all Israel will want to receive Yeshua as Lord and Savior because of their example. John taught on the covenants of God. God keeps his covenants and promises. He is faithful. John taught on the fivefold ministry as stated in Ephesians 4, 11 and 12. And he himself gave to some to be emissaries, some as prophets, some as proclaimers of the good news, and some as shepherds and teachers to equip the Kedoshim for the work of service, for the building up of the body of Messiah. John also taught on Matthew 18, 15 through 17. And while here, John and I began a ministry of reconciliation at Remnant. He taught on these things, taught on these things because, um, you know, he loved you. He loved all of you. I think I must be speaking louder. Um, and uh, he was very passionate for the Lord, and he wanted to have you also be passionate for the Lord. He was, he was um, oh, I don't know how to describe it. I wish, I wish I could talk about everything, but that would be impossible. But he, his concern was for you to raise up those who would also take the gospel to others, to go out, to go out, to witness. And I have, a, I have um, some other things um, talking about uh, what we talked about on the way here. And this was in 2015. So as Richard and Terry said, you know, they left in 2015 and the Lord brought us here. As John and I were on our way to Kansas, we discussed the possibility of building a Messianic Jewish training center in Kansas for the purpose of training young men and women for Messianic Jewish ministry. Building something like this is not impossible, but it does require unity, and we must pray for unity. We must be aware of prophecy and our part in it. We also discussed, um, well, you know, the name Remnant of Israel, I think has a, a larger meaning. Um, Therefore, behold, days are coming, says Adonai, when they will no longer say, as Adonai lives, who brought up the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. Rather, as Adonai lives, who brought up and led the offspring 
of the house of Israel out of the north country and from all the lands where they are. Let's see. So wait a minute. Where um, he has banished them. If you notice in your bags, and I wanted to specifically put this in there, there is a bookmark. It is designed um, from the picture that actually stands in the office, which was a gift to John by another chaplain. It shows all of the areas where um, the Jewish people are today, and it's basically to the outermost parts of the earth. They are in all of the earth. And the Lord has promised that he will bring them back. And I really feel that they will be a part of that. Oh, so you can't. You couldn't hear me? Okay. But they will bring, him, bring um, the people back that are the remnant to where they should be. We are in the last days. I firmly believe that. And... Um, you know, I wrote here, the days are evil. Maybe not everything in a day is evil, but there is evil. We can't forget that there is evil in the world. We've been shown that in the current events in Israel and around the world. We need to pray against anti-Semitism. And we should not fear. We need to trust in Adonai with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. I just want to encourage you. I know John would want to encourage you. I know he loved you so much. And I know he's got work to do where he is. Thank you. Can you stay up here? Let me save here. Yeah, I just, I just want to honor you, Annette. Um, just like, you know, I shared words about Dennis, Dennison and that head key and about Richard and Terry Siegel. You know, when you guys, so the year before you guys came here, as we, we knew Richard and Terry were going to retire, um, it was not a very good year in this congregation. I'll just put it that way. There was a, significant amount of strife and struggle that occurred in that time leading up to the transition time when we knew that they were going to retire. And so by the time you guys got here, you didn't realize, I'll just put it bluntly, what a mess it was when you arrived. And you guys came here and looked at that and assessed it and you prayed about it, and you said, Lord, do you want us to, do you want us to really stay here, right? Do you want to, do we have the energy to clean this up, to work to clean this up? And praise God that you did. That you stayed, you did. Definitely God, it wasn't. And you did. You, you, and you shared with us along the way the stories. The fact that you guys stayed after, you know, if, how many, if you guys were here at John's funeral and you heard the stories that were shared about the things that they have done in their ministry over their years, the decades of ministry that they have had in their life, the fact that they stayed here 
to work on this mess is nothing compared to the things that they have done in the decades of their ministry. And, and so I just want to honor you, you, not just for the time you've been with us, but for the decades that the Lord has you got, used you everywhere that you've been. From, from the time that John, you and John got married, you know, what was that, early 1980? 79? 79. 79, okay. From then through now. I mean, it's been, that'd be, you know, what was that, almost 45 years now. 40, would have been 44 years or so. Um, now, you guys have done so much. And, and when they came here, and not only was there, you know, strife and things that they were working to clean up, but we were in a very difficult financial position. They cut their pay in half. They, they maintained their ability to continue serving even in that way, sacrificing. They, John and Annette sacrificed so much just to stay here, to love us as a congregation through the, through the difficult time and to really to rebuild and to reestablish a firm foundation. And you guys did. I think that's one of the goals that you guys had was make that foundation firm and secure. And you've done that. And that's what we stand upon now. What, what was established, but then what you rebuilt, rebuilding that foundation. And what, you know, what, a, what a good thing to celebrate on Hanukkah too, right? What, do we, what did the Maccabees go and do, right? They, t- they found the, the temple, right? And they cleaned it up. <laughs> and, they re- and, they, and they reestablished the worship that needed to be there. So. I, I just want to say something, something else. Um, that it wasn't just us, of course, it's, it's the Lord. Like I mentioned the scripture, um, you know, a man plays it, you know, plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. It's really true. And I wanted to encourage all of you, John and I would not have been able to plan our way without the Lord. You know, like what Philip was saying, everything that we've done was well, what the Lord has done. And today, that's what we're celebrating. And what I didn't say, we're we're celebrating what the Lord has done at Remnant. So I want to be sure that you, you know that, that you, you get that. <laughs> thank you. Amen. So, thank you, thank Annette. You. Love you. Love you, too. Well, I can give you a hug. <laughs> well, it is already uh, 7 afternoon. Um, I'm going to audible, I'm going to save this message for the first week of January, because it, it'll work well then too, I think. So, sound booth guys, I'm not going to do number four on your list there. Um, I'm going to close this part of our service by reading to you a letter from one of our um, translocal elders, Rabbi Michael Rudolph, that he sent to us today. Congratulations on Remnant of Israel's 25th anniversary. I am honored to have been asked to share this short greeting, and as I pondered what to share, I believe the Lord has led me to comment on what may be confusing to some. Of Remnant being a Messianic Jewish congregation, I'll be with very few Jewish people. First, though, you are not alone in that both Within Takun and the UMJC, there are a significant number of Messianic Jewish congregations in which a majority of their members are Gentiles. 
Ever since Israel's exodus from Egypt, there have always been Gentiles living, working, and worshiping within Jewish communities, and Remnant is no exception. The Egyptians who left Egypt with their Jewish brothers were not unimportant. They were, in fact, so important that when God spoke his covenant to the Israelites gathered at Mount Sinai, he referred to the Gentiles who were gathered there as well. We read in Deuteronomy 29, 9-12, Today you are standing, all of you, before Adonai your God, your heads, your tribes, your leaders, and your officers, all the men of Israel, along with your little ones, your wives and your foreigners here with you in your camp, from the one who chops your wood to the one who draws your water. And the purpose is that you should enter into the covenant of Adonai with your God and into his oath, which Adonai your God is making with you today, so that he can establish you today for himself as a people, so that for, you, that for you he will be God. And as he said to you, and as he swore to your ancestors, to Avraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, it is true of my home congregation as well that Gentiles outnumber the Jews. The way I look at it is that each of our congregations is part of a worldwide Messianic Jewish community in which each of us, Jew or Gentile, is a member individually. The uniqueness of our Messianic Jewish congregation is not, the, not just its Jewish culture. It also it's its emphasis on ministering Yeshua and the Holy Spirit first to the Jew and then to all others. I am confident that Remnant of Israel complies 100% with that definition. So before I'm tempted to launch into an eight-hour sermon on the subject, let me simply encourage you all in your Messianic Jewish calling and pray God's blessings upon you in this Remnant of Israel's 25th year of existence. Rabbi Michael Rudolph. So thank you for that letter from Rabbi Michael. And he's been truly invaluable. I know that most of you in this room have never met him in person. Um, I've met with him regularly uh, and uh, on Zoom. And he's been tremendously valuable to us, to me, helping lead this congregation. So at this time, um, I'm going to transition from uh, reading some history. We're going to celebrate a little bit now, uh, first with a special dance from... Uh, our dance team, so I'll invite Amber and those who are participating in this special dance to come forward now. All right, so... Looks it's just me and my girls. <laughs> um, so this song is actually a Passover song, <laughs> even though we're celebrating Hanukkah. It's a Passover song, and you could do it. <laughs> and um, but I, I really, if you listen to the words, um, Lisa gave me this song a couple of years ago. I was like, you should do something for Passover, and I just haven't thought of anything and then about a month ago I was like I finally got something but the words really capture kind of what we're trying to say about this congregation is moving forward like God the words are God he has made a way for our congregation so far and then um, taking us into the promised land in the future so listen to the words um, hopefully I have a couple more dancers here 
Zeke sound, sound Booth, you want to come dance with us? You know this one, right? Where's Jessica? She, she knows it. Jessica learned it. I know she did. Debbie, come on. I know you're back there. Come on. <laughs> All right, so, um, yeah, so it's a line dance. They're so actually not in a circle, so we're going to be, we can sp spread out a little bit. All right. So anyway, I hope you enjoy this one and uh, get a get a groove into it if you want. On the edge of that sea, the waves are high and the water deep, and at your back and in on me with chariots and swords. Don't you fear, stand your ground The Lord's gonna fight this battle You have only to shut your mouth Believe and don't get rattled
All right. Um, at this time, uh, I want to transition, and we are going to uh, introduce some new members. So these are people who have completed our membership class, and we had this membership class earlier this year. Um, we concluded this fall, and then uh, we gave them the covenant of the Mishpacha to, uh, to join and sign. And so um, today I want to introduce to you four, five new members, four of which I believe are here, um, and one who was here but had to leave early. So um, if I could have Tatiana, Thomas, and Jorge, and Michaela to come forward now. And our fifth one who had to leave early is Karen. So first of all, I just want to make sure that um, everyone here can see, uh, see your face in case they don't know you at all, haven't met you. If they haven't, you know, shame on us if we don't know that. Oh, by the way, I like your shirt there. That's fun. Let's get lit. <laughs> That's great. So Tatiana is on the end there. Thomas is here. Michaela and Jorge um, spent several weeks in our new members class together. Um, we, are just, we want to welcome you, each of you. So I'm going to give you back your covenant of the Mishpacha that you have signed. So you have the original copy here. Michaela, we're blessed to have you as part of our congregation. Thomas, who's been rocking out on the drums for us too, really appreciate that, and Tatiana as well, welcome, and she's been also become a part of our praise team, and you know, I think that's a great example because we want all of our members to have a, an area of service within the congregation, and so uh, we'll be looking also to get Jorge and Michaela involved in, in some other ways as well, but we just want to welcome you warmly into membership in the congregation, to the covenant of fellowship that we have here. And I also want to encourage you, because I believe that the covenant of the Mishpacha is, is in, your blue, in your bag here. Um, what they have in their hands is what you have here. Okay, So if you want to see what they are signing, you can read that here as well, this covenant of the Mishpacha, and this understanding and agreement of our beliefs. And I was going to teach on that. I'm going to wait and teach on that in January um, some more. But welcome. We love you guys. And uh, we want to see continued growth in the congregation through you. And we look forward to seeing what God is doing and going to use each of you uniquely uh, to do at Remnant of Israel in the future. So you guys can have a seat now. Thank you so much for being here. And I'll invite Joe to come up here now, if you can come on up. Um, next, we are going to invite Modesto and Jessica as well to come forward. And you can bring, you can bring your kiddos if you want to. Gabe, Gabe, you're welcome to come up here if you want to come. You don't have to. You're, you're welcome to, though. So uh, it was actually about a year ago that I... Uh, started our Shamish training class, I think, um, and, uh, and we went through um, some 
extensive, uh, well, through a book together and some extensive discussions about what does it mean to serve in the role of shamash or deacon in the congregation and in the body of Messiah at large. And, and so we are ordaining Modesto and Jessica today as shamash. And I will tell you that this certificate says a remnant of Israel, but to be a shamash is not just to be shamash or deacon in, in a local specific congregation, but I believe that you are ordained for ministry throughout the worldwide body of Messiah as shamash. And so I want you to carry that with you, knowing that wherever you are at, even if you are just on vacation or visiting some other place, that you are ordained to serve wherever the Lord has taken you in any time. But we are so blessed to have you as Shamash, a remnant of Israel. And as Shamash, um, as servants, we want to, them to have a very specific area of ministry. And I will, I will let you guys share some of your calling with us. I'm going to have Joe speak first, but then I want you guys to share some of your calling. But I'll just sneak peek. It's going to be in youth ministry here at Remnant of Israel. So we're so blessed to, for that. Um, I want you guys to have your certificate of ordination today. And after Joe speaks, I want you to speak a little bit, and then we're going to pray over you, okay? All right. Well, I will, uh, I will try to speak briefly. But uh, I just want to share, they all laughed when I said I'm going to try to speak briefly. Uh, this, these are, uh, this, is my, this is my bonus family. Um, I, I, I have a true and, and deep love for, for these people, and I just want to share very, very briefly about, um, the, uh, about these people. I want you to hear my testimony about them. Um, so let me, let me talk uh, first about uh, Modesto, right? And all right, so this is a team, right? Modesto and Jessica are a team, right? And I'll talk first about Modesto, and then I'm going to talk about Jessica uh, because the, right, the, the man was made first, yes, but the woman is the glory of the man, right? The woman was the pinnacle of the creation of the Almighty, blessed be he. So I've got a, a, a method to my madness. So uh, let, me, let me read to you something from uh, the book of Galatians. And I've got it. Let's see. Okay. So let him who is taught the word share in all. This comes from uh, Galatians, the sixth chapter, and I'm starting in the sixth verse. Let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. But do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that also will he reap. For he who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Okay? So, right, a, a lot of times when we hear what a man sows, he'll also reap, right? We think, oh, okay, play stupid games, win stupid prizes, right? And sure, that's, that's true, Right? Nine times out of ten, that's how we're using that phrase. This is going to be the tenth time, and I'm going to say that this man is a worker. He works. He sows. And so this is something for which we should praise the Creator. The Creator didn't have to create a world in, in which what a man sows, he reaps. But he did. 
right? So this, I, I bear you my testimony that this man is a worker, right? And it's good that he sows what he reaps, right? Because the writer of the book of Hebrews tells us that no discipline is pleasant at the time, but later it yields a harvest of righteousness. Okay, this is a man who works. And I'm, I'm excited to see the work that he's going to do. All right? And let me talk to you about my, uh, my, my bonus sister. All right? My, the God wrote, God gave us words about my bonus sister. All right, this is from, you'll, you'll recognize this, of course. We can't talk about a woman of noble character without reading the Proverbs. All right? But uh, strength and honor are her clothing. She will rejoice in the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the, on her tongue is the law of kindness. She watches over the ways of her household. And, and here it comes. This is what I think of when I think of Jessica Castellano. She does not eat the bread of idleness. Right Now, when I hear about the bread of idleness... I think of Krispy Kreme donuts, right? I love me some of the bread of idleness. Okay, but, but this, this team, this, this one flesh that God has joined together, the, the, the Castellanos, they do not eat the bread of idleness. Okay, they, they are workers. They work. When something needs done, they do it. All right, and, and again, let me tell you, the other day, I managed to wreck my car. It was terrible, right? But it, in a way, it was also a blessing. I totally wrecked this thing. I crushed it, and yet, by his grace, right? In this case, I'm talking his grace, the Almighty's grace, not, not Modesto's grace. Just so you know what I'm talking about, right? We, we made it to a place where we could be safe and pull over and not freeze our rear ends off while this car was crushed. Now, we pay for roadside assistance. Right? I pay this bill every month for roadside assistance. But the roadside assistance was, well, oh, we can't make it. Oh, we can't, we can't make it till later. We just don't have the capability. Right? Who showed up? Right? We picked up the phone and called the Castellanos. And 40 minutes later, they showed up. They literally got in their car and come to get us. And both of us made it to work on time, right? That is, that is the spirit of workmanship that is in these two, okay? When I, when I needed help, I got help from workers, all right? And that's, that's what we're getting. That's what we're getting in this congregation. So let me finish out by reading the, the very words of our master who said... Uh, all right, this is from Matthew, the ninth chapter, in verse, starting in verse 35. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them, because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Right? And that's, that's still true today. Right? That wasn't just true in first century Israel. And then he said to his disciples, The harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out the laborers, the laborers into his harvest. 
That's what's happening right now. All right, we've got workers here, laborers, and we are ordaining them for work in the master's vineyard. So I present to you our new Shamashim, who will be faithful workers. I'm certain that they will be faithful workers in the harvest. Thank you so much. Uh, it really does warm our heart to see the love poured out on us as, as we share our boundless love with all of you, the love that is given to us through Yeshua the Messiah. Uh, I, I don't know about Krispy Kreme donuts, but I am looking forward to some Sufkin Yot today. Hopefully. Mm-hmm. There are some downstairs I saw. Oh, awesome. Uh, and it's kind of funny that Joe was mentioning about his car just shredding uh, in, in that moment uh, as all of that was going on and uh, they were being picked up my car bricked and my radiator fell out and but it was a oh. and my my husband called me while I was on my way with Miss Megan to take her home from Joe's debacle and he said I need, I need you to come get me That was quite a long day. But, you know, the Lord is at work. And uh, I was able to walk to a store around the corner from where I had dropped my car off. And speaking of the Feast of Dedication and Hanukkah, I was able to talk with one of the the shop owners about the Festival of Lights and, and share the good news of the gospel with who I met. And... That is, that is just a testimony to every opportunity, to everybody that you meet, you can share great news about the resurrection and remission of sin and the light of the world, uh, which reminds us that <laughs> uh, going forward as one of our, our ministry work here at Remnant, we will be sharing that light with the teenagers. Lord, Our help host. us. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, our uh, post bar and bat mitzvahs and any questions that any of the parents have for any pre-bar and bat mitzvahs, um, we are looking forward to including them in the building up of climbing that ladder to the mitzvahs. And um, uh, we're, we're really honored that you guys would would consider us for something like this and to be uh, charged with the youth uh, from what I understand even by their own account which was pretty surprising but um, we do love them all and uh, we hope that we serve and honor you all of you uh, in what we're doing here and that we give glory to God for all that he's done we will be here ordained as the official squirrel wranglers. Squirrel wranglers. Squirrel wranglers. Squirrel wranglers. It does. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. Anoint them. So we want to anoint you guys and pray over you now at this time. Annette, can you come down here as well? And Lisa? 
Lord, we love you. We thank you that uh, you're allowing us to be a part of what you're doing. You're healing the world. You're working to heal everything that exists. And I am excited to heartily welcome my brother Modesto and his wonderful wife Jessica into this, this work that, uh, that you've given us. It's, it's good for us to work. It's good for us to work and enjoy the things that we do. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us, help us do that, help the, the Castellanos do that. Thank you for giving, giving them to us. And uh, just uh, as, as Philip said, Lord, thank you for giving them to yourself, to your body, to work in the, the entire universal body of Christ that, uh, that this work could be done and that, um, you, that you would receive all the glory. Soli, de, soli Deo Gloria. All the glory is yours. We love you, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. You're so good. Father, I pray a fresh anointing on these two as they step forward in their ministry from this point on. God, I just ask that you would again fill them with your Holy Spirit, Lord. And I ask you, Father, that you would open their ears and their hearts to hear your voice, what you're saying, what you're thinking, what you're seeing, or that they would know those things. Um, Father, I pray that you would give them an outpouring of, of words of knowledge as they see the youth before them, that they would have an understanding of what's actually going on, and they would not be uh, sidetracked by the, the surface issue that they see, but that they would be uh, shoot straight to the heart of these teens. I ask you, Father, that you would give them wisdom, wisdom that they have not gained by experience, but they gain from intimacy with you. I pray, Lord, that they would they would go deeper and deeper into your presence uh, in their quiet time as their day by day, that there would not be a, a separation between uh, their presence with you um, at any point, that they would just know that they walk with you day by day and that they can seek your voice and that they can hear you and communicate all the time, Lord, that there is no moment that you are not with them. I pray, Father, that you would just um, anoint them with power, Father, for this ministry, um, and that it would continue to grow and to grow and to grow, and that they would uh, just, Father, I just pray for their intimacy with you, and that they would always return glory to you, and that their lips would speak truth with kindness, um, but that they would not shy away from hard truth, uh, that they would have a heart for the kids that they minister to, and they would ha have a heart for the families that they will be impacting through these teens. I just pray your blessing on them, Lord. I pray this in Yeshua's name. Lord, I thank you for both Jessica and Modesto. And I, I just, um, Lord, I see their hearts of service, Lord. I see their servant hearts. Lord, for um, Jessica, I just pray that she will be able to continue to mentor young women. will be able to continue to mentor the young women, Lord, that you put under her care, the youth. Lord, that you will give her, as already been prayed, but that you will give her the words, the words that are needed to be sent, that there will be such a bond for both Modesto and Jessica in the mentorship of the young men and women of this congregation, that, that, um, that Lord, it will be such a godly bond. And that's what I pray for in Yeshua's name. Jessica Modesto, um, 
you want to pray? Sorry. Oh, that's okay. Um, Lord, just, um, we pray amazing grace. May that grace, the one that made us blind and now we can see. Lord, I know that coming forward, Jessica Monesto have many times said, you know, we didn't, we didn't come from a believing family. We didn't, we have all this baggage. And Lord, when you have an amazing grace that makes you see, that grace extends to everybody else who has baggage. That's what it is to sow a field. You sow it with baggage, and you let God water it, and you see what beautiful things come from it. And Lord, as, as our prayer goes forward, is that you would help them take that baggage and everybody else's baggage and grow flowers. Is this, on this Hanukkah, as we are dedicating you and your service to the Lord, I just want to know, you to know that as, as Lisa spoke, you know, this blessing of the Holy Spirit upon you, you know, the, the, the shamish in, that are described in Scripture were full of the Spirit. They were described as people full of the Spirit. And they were doing not just table service, but works of ministry and great wonders and signs before the Lord and teaching others as well. And so that's our expectation of the Lord working through both of you. And as one youth minister, as, as, as Lisa and I ministered here in the, in the youth for about 11 years, we're passing our mantle on to you today. And you today... In, as servant, serve, those who are helpers to the elders, to Joe and I, we are giving you authority now over the youth. We're, we're under, under Joe and I, you are, have authority in youth ministry today. So you guys know this here, that we are giving you guys a realm, a sphere now to minister in, in the youth ministry at Remnant of Israel. And so we want to bless you in this, Lord, that you would give them a double portion, Lord, triple, quadruple, Lord, give them so much more than, than Lisa and I ever had here in youth ministry. Lord, bless them in their work. Anoint them. Set them apart. So strongly, Lord, so powerfully, Lord, would you use them, Lord, to minister to our youth and more in this congregation. Don't limit it to just that, Lord, but start there, Lord. We thank you for them, Lord. Your blessing over them today. B'shem Yeshua HaMashiach. Amen. We love you guys. And we have... Now I want to share with you a couple who wants to share some words of rededication with you. They've been waiting very patiently back there this whole, for a while now. <laughs> and so Zach and Amber are going to be immersed today in rededication on this Hanukkah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let Zach and Amber share just a few min- moments. Hey, it's cold, but at least it's not boiling. You know, we've had, we've had the other way around. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, so this is a really important opportunity for us of, uh, and at Hanukkah it's very interesting of wanting to kind of clean out the unclean things and rededicate ourselves to the service of God. And so for us, it's, that's kind of what this is for us, is uh, going through the baptism and cleansing again and, and rededicating ourselves to the things that God wants to do through us um, and in his service. Um, so I don't know how many of you know this, but with the baptism side, we have a female side and a male side. But um, for me, it felt important for us to come in the same side and walk out the same side because Zach and I personally and as a couple and as a family went through a bit of a crisis a little while ago. And this is rededicating ourselves to the service of God after that crisis. And I want to say thank you to John who brought us into contact with Takoon because Takoon was very instrumental in helping us through that remnant was instrumental and Philip and Lisa. Thank you so much for helping us through that crisis so that we can continue to work here with you guys. Thank you. All right. Well, I'm going to let you guys, I'm not going to jump in there with you, so I'm going to let you guys immerse yourselves together in in the name of the Father, Son, and the Spirit as they rededicate and rededicating and through immersion themselves to the ministry and the work of the Lord and in their marriage and their family especially, Lord. We bless them in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. And, and while, while they uh, go and dry off, um, I want to invite the Baker family now to come forward. So, Seth and Caitlin and kids. This is a time of, of dedication again, so wanting to dedicate their children as well and their work as parents with their children. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a mic, Seth, to hold. Can you, so this is Seth and Caitlin Baker, and uh, Seth, would you introduce your children to the congregation? Certainly. Uh, this is my oldest son, Noah. And then my daughter, Evelyn. And then my middle son, Micah. And then the baby, Seth. <laughs> Seth Jr. Mama, yeah. Mama, yeah. Mama, yeah. A dedication is a, uh, a religious ceremony in this case. We're setting aside these kids, consecrating them for God's service, and also... Just committing ourselves to being a congregation who are supporting you and the raising of your children. In the Bible times, many different things were consecrated in such services, such as the temple or a field or a house or articles of precious metal or spoils and one in war and people. In one of the most beautiful passages of Scripture, Hannah presented her young son Samuel to God in an act of child dedication found in 1 Samuel 
one. And so today, we are dedicating... We're dedicating Seth and Caitlin, really. Or you can just mute that there and then it doesn't matter. There, there you go. We're dedicating Seth and Caitlin as parents for these kids to the work of raising their children, but we're also dedicating these children. So Noah and Evelyn and Micah and Seth Jr., we're dedicating you to the Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Seth, would you read this for us here? Sure. What shall I render to the Lord for his for all his benefits towards me? To you I shall offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving and call upon the name of the Lord. I shall pay my vows to the Lord. Oh, may it be in the presence of all of his people, in the courts of the Lord's house, and in the midst of you, O Jerusalem. Deserving of praise are you, O Lord our God, ruler of the universe, who does good to the undeserving, and who has dealt kindly with us. Behold, children are the heritage of Adonai, the fruits of the womb is a reward. As arrows in the hands of the mighty man, you are the children of one's youth. And so we say together to that, praise the Lord. Psalm 139, 13 through 18 says, For you have consecrated, or if you had created my conscience, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am awesomely, wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows that very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw me when I was unformed, and in your book were written the days that were formed, when not one of them had come to be. How precious are your thoughts, O God! How great is the sum of them! Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. And so we are praying over these children now. Um, we're go- we want to pray over them with the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Even as you kids are small, you can still walk in the power of the Holy Spirit and anoint over you. So, so you want to read this, Seth, here? Today it conveys the idea that Noah, Evelyn, Micah, and Seth Jr. are dedicated to God and his service as light to the world. Amen, amen. Deserving of your praise are you, O God, ruler over the universe, whose daily continues your creation. You create life anew with each generation. Deserving of praise are you, O God, who brings forth life from the womb. We dedicate our children to you, O Holy One, who sets apart your servants for your service and service of your anointed Yeshua. Deserving of praise are you, O God, who who sanctifies the children of your servants. We pledge our full support in teaching our children to love the Lord their God with all their hearts, strength, and life. We will encourage them to make God's commandments an integral part of their life. We will seek to stimulate them to experience a personal relationship with God through Yeshua, 
his anointed and deliverer of Israel. Amen. Amen. One more page there. We will impress these things upon our children and will relate these truths to them all of their lives, talking about God when we sit in the home and when we walk along the road and when we lay down and when we get up. Amen. Amen. It's a heavy thing to be a parent. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> It is, a, it is a heavy road. To, it is a hard road to be a parent and knowing all the responsibility that we have for our children. But it's, it's not just dependent upon us. It's, it's the Lord who calls them and who brings them to know Him. So no matter how good or difficult of a time, how easy or how hard it is, it is the Lord who is walking with you in this. But we as a congregation want to commit to walking with you too. So as a congregation, let's say these words together. We promise to support Seth and Caitlin in bringing up these children and any others the Lord should bless them with. We will pray for them and will seek to provide the community and environment necessary for them to grow in relationship with God through Yeshua, our Messiah. Deserving of praise are you, O Lord our God, ruler of the universe, who has kept us alive and sustained us and enabled to us to enjoy this season. Bless us, our Father, and all of us together with the light of your presence. Deserving of praise are you, O Lord, who makes parents rejoice with their children. And so, Lord, we just thank you for Seth. We thank you for Caitlin. Thank you for Noah and Evelyn and Micah and Seth Jr. We bless them and anoint them by your Holy Spirit in the name of Yeshua, Lord, that you would fill even these children with your Spirit. Lord, that you would anoint Seth and Caitlin with creativity and joy and love in their household, Lord, as they walk daily and teach their children and show them and demonstrate them the love of Yeshua to them the love of Yeshua and demonstrate that with others so that their children are raised walking in that way. We pray your anointing and blessing over the many activities and creativity they have uh, in doing these things as well. So we love them and bless them in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach. Amen. Amen. I'll take that from you. And you guys can go have a seat now. Amen. Amen. Well, I thought it might go to 1 o'clock if I preached, and uh, it's almost 1 o'clock already, so aren't you glad I'm saving that one for next time? <laughs> we could stay here all day, right? Some, some of y'all who are like, so, this is, so this, is, this is the funny part. We were talking at my, uh, home, my group, home group last night at our poorhouse, and, uh, and I, I don't know, was it you, Brian, who made the comment about the 55-minute Protestant service? It's like, you know, for those of you who haven't been to a, a Messianic Jewish service before, and you're like, man, this is taking forever, right? Um, <laughs> this is normal, okay? This is, <laughs> this is normal for y'all. We, I, I said to Brian, we ain't no drive through church, okay? Um, we, we stick around and we eat the full meal together, right? Uh, so uh, before we go to the Kiddush and the Bimbom, the Aaronic Blessing, and then Ramot afterwards, um, I, I, have, I have said some words of honor towards uh, some of our leaders, but I want to recognize a few individuals that are here that have been here for longer than I have, 
at least. Um, so I would like to recognize Lucy, who's back there. And Lucy, can you stand up? And, and I want your daughters to stand up too, because they were raised here. I mean, Denise has been here longer than me, I know. We have Lucy's daughters here as well. We're so blessed to have you here today. Um, they were mentioned by, did you see the video? You were probably upstairs, weren't you? Okay, it's on YouTube. We'll make sure you send the link so you can watch it, because they called you out, I mean, in a good way. Um, <laughs> we want, I want to recognize Gwen Lundry as well. Gwen, can you stand up? We, we mentioned her, husband, her late husband, Don. Gwen has been here for one of the, one of the original members of the congregation as well, um, long, far back as well. So I just want to recognize Gwen. And, and she and her husband were, were wonderful in their ministry here. You may not see her week to week um, now, but believe me when I say they were very involved, very active uh, at Remnant of Israel in years past, um, as they were more able to then. So we want to just honor you, Gwen, and the life of ministry that you guys had as well here at Remnant of Israel. Um, some others here I want to honor and recognize. I want to recognize this man here. You can stand up, Bob. Bob Neal was the one who invited me to come here. Um, he has been a, a lifelong engineer with Boeing, um, and, and among other places, but, um, and, and Bob was also part of Baruch Hashem down in Dallas, Bob and Linda were, um, and, uh, and so they certainly have been, been part of the remnant of Israel community for 20-some years now, easily. Um, others who have been here, we have Debbie back there. Debbie was certainly one that preceded me as well, um, Debbie Hirsch back there, so Debbie can raise her hand. She's, she's there back there. Doreen has been here for quite some time as well. Her sister Doreen and our Hebrew teacher as well. <clears throat> um, we want to recognize, let's see, the Ratzliffs. So Myron and Becky have been here for quite some time as well. They've, um, and, and Myron has served years as a Shamish and elder as well in this congregation in years past. Um, so make sure you get to know them as well. Les and Bobby Bond have been here for quite some time. They were, they were away for a while, leading another congregation in El Dorado. Yeah. They, were, they were one that got sent from this congregation, right? Yes. And so now they're back. They've been back with us now for several months. Um, but but they, they have been with us for, when I say for a long time, even though they were away, they were here originally for a long time as well. So um, just those are my... Who else am I missing that's like my, my own kids, right? <laughs> and Lisa, of course, we're my own wife. She preceded me here. I met Lisa here. <laughs> What's that? Bob, Bob invited me and Lisa got me to stay. That's what she said. <laughs> What's that? Well, I wasn't in the youth group. I was, I was just a, well, yeah. We, you were in college, right? Yeah. So, that's right. That's right. Well, 
It's a, this has been a wonderful day, a time of blessing and honor today, a time of celebration. We're going to continue our celebration this afternoon with Oneg um, downstairs, a lot of food. We're going to have a time, a prayer walk around the building, um, and, and we're going to have a Hanukkah celebration this afternoon, so still plenty of activities to come. Before we finish, we're going to have the Kiddush together, this time of setting apart. So I'd invite you to come forward right now, grab your juice and bread. We're going to say the Kiddush blessings together. So, so come, come on forward.